minute here. It's the all-star break, Barker. And we're still working. Hell's up with that. Some people never get days off, Jeff. The hell? I, I, I came in here just to clean some stuff up, but then they said, <laughs> put your earphones on, your earphone in, and do a show. So, after gimme, I have nothing prepared. 590 the fan can't go on without I'm you, kidding. Jeff. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is the all-star break, and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are 45 and 42, eight out of uh, the American League East lead, which is pretty much done. They are four and a half back in the wild card. And as I look at the standings, there are uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uh, that's as far as I can go in Spanish. There mm-hmm. are six teams in front of them. Uh, they're tied with Cleveland, and the, and the Yankees are right behind them, four and a half back. So uh, there you go. The Yankees, Toronto, and Cleveland all with 517 winning percentages. The Jays beating the Rays yesterday. Robbie Ray, a tremendous game. Uh, and, and you know, Kevin, uh, we'll talk about the Jays more in depth, the Jays at the half more in depth on, on Tuesday and look ahead on Wednesday. And, of course, we'll recap the home run derby tomorrow night. We'll be joined by Carlos Pena in a few minutes of the MLB Network as well. We've got the draft going on as well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, Kevin, your thoughts on uh, Robbie Ray averting a sweep at the hands of the Rays. And, well, the Rays took two or three from the Jays. They got three. We've talked about this a lot. They got three games against Boston. I'm sorry, three games against Texas out of the break, then a bunch of games against Boston and the Mets. So what did you make, first of all, of Mr. Ray's outing? Well, Robbie Ray was great. Uh, I thought fastball command was much better. Uh, slider to strike to ball was much better. When he can go in with the fastball, away with the fastball for a purpose, meaning it's not in the middle of the plate, it's on the corners, he can command that. He pitched a little backwards when it comes to when he got to two strikes. It was, here's my best heater, see if you can hit it. I'm going to locate that. I'm going to stop you know, trying to get you out with sliders with two strikes because really your, your team offensively is not real good and I'm not going to respect you. I'm going to throw you fastballs. And that's exactly what he did. He had 11 strikeouts. Ten of those were off the heater. Uh, it's five swinging and five looking. Look, that's that's about as good as it gets. You're left-handed. You're, you're you know, facing one of the best teams in the American League on the road. And you basically come out and say, I got you in my back pocket. I can do to you whatever I want to do to you. You know, and offensively, what did the Jays do? You, you look at the numbers, one through five in their order in the three-game series was nine for 54 with three RBIs and had three extra base hits. Vladdy and, and George Springer were two for four, no, two for 22 with an RBI. When you do that on the road against a really good team and you win one game, I guess that's what you expect when, when one through five in your order, which is mainly what they rely on, right? It's what you can get after after the fifth guy is gravy. One through five's got to carry your team. But, look, when, when Robbie Ray's striking out ten guys and, and not letting guys put the ball in play, it hides defensive woes 
and, you know, they got enough timely hitting that they could go away. Hopefully this gives them some confidence coming into the second half. They're going to need a bunch more Robbie Ray good starts. You know, not only Robbie Ray has to be good, Ryu has to be good. Ross Stripling, how much more is he going to pitch? Alec Manoa has to turn the corner a little bit and help carry the team. A lot's got to go right is what I'm trying to say. And, oh, by the way, George Springer's got to show up. I know you're going to roll your eyes at me. I am and he's rolling only my had, eyes at you. He's only had 20 games, but George Springer can't go, uh, what was he? He can't go, you know, 0 for 4 or 1 for – he was something. I wrote it down. He he got one hit in the three-game series. 1 for 11 with five strikeouts. That's what it was. just coming back. He can't, he can't do that. He's coming back from an injury. Good Lord, yeah. man. I'm getting tired of, of, of people – well, I'm not going to carry water for George Springer, but Jesus, he's coming back from an injury, and he's hitting in a spot he doesn't normally hit in. I I don't know. I, I – well, I would say you're getting a little soft in your older age. It's look, look. Here, here's the deal. I, I I understand how hard hitting a baseball is. It's the hardest thing for, to do in sports, in my mind. But when you sign for 150 million dollars, they put you in the cleanup spot. They put you behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is fighting for an MVP in the American League. They expect you to do some stuff. And going one for 11 with five strikeouts in three of the biggest games, we said it, most people said it, even the Tampa Bay Rays said it, that it was the three biggest games of the year and you didn't show up to your point that you've been making for the last week or, you know, a little over a week that maybe it's time to move George Springer up in the leadoff spot. See if that works. What what else do you have to lose, right? Who cares where Marcus Simeon hits? You know, his, his July hasn't been real good, meaning Marcus Simeon. Maybe now's the time to Pull the Band-Aid off. Put him wherever you want to put him. Put George Springer in the leadoff spot. Lead Bo where he's at. Obviously, you're not going to move Vladdy. Maybe put Teoscar. You know, if you get a Nelson Cruz, which is what they're talking about, then he can hit clean up. That would put Teoscar in the fifth spot. I don't know. I'm starting to come on your side. I think it's time for them to, to change well, my, up the lineup a little. You know, my point is this. <clears throat> you know, you're right. Marcus Simeon's July hasn't been great. Um... I'm sorry, his month hasn't been great. Seven for thirty-five in July. Yes. Yeah. So he's gone to the he's going to the All Star game. Uh, you know he's going to get his due there. I think now that he comes back, once Marcus Semyon comes back from the All Star game, to me, he becomes Marcus Semyon who isn't under contract till next year. There you go. And you get treated accordingly. Yep. If you're asking me, who do I need to keep happy? With all due respect to Marcus Semyon. I need to keep Vladdy, Bo, George, Tay, Oscar happy. Those are my and, and the, the, those are the guys I those are the guys I have to keep happy. And if that means he bats fifth, then he then he bats fifth. Um, <clears throat> but I I, you know, I I keep telling people George Springer was bought brought here to do one thing, and he was not brought here to hit cleanup with for this team. Yep. And it was a happy coincidence that Marcus Semyon was doing so well that it would have been hard to push him out of the leadoff spot, but that's done now. That That's done. You use the phrase, rip the Band-Aid off. I, I think that's absolutely right. It's it, it, it's done. The time now is to sit back and say, what makes our lineup the best? Yeah, I, I just I just think the one for 11 with the 5Ks, how he looks, the 20 games that he has played, he's hitting a buck 94, uh, hitting cleanup just for whatever reason. You, you can name a reason. Is it mechanical? Is it the way they're pitching him? Is it because he has to hit behind Vladdy? Is it just he's not comfortable hitting cleanup because yep. of routines? Whatever the reason is, who cares? It, I, for me, I think it's if they want to go where they ultimately want to go and be relevant in September, George Springer has to be better. I, better means like 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr.-esque for two months. Can he do that hit and clean up? Probably not. So for me, you have to hit him late off. All right. So we mentioned the Jays record. We mentioned where they are. And I think it's, you know, every 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 team's record is a reflection of of them generally. I understand with run differential. Run differential would, would suggest the Jays record should probably be better. I think they are, quite frankly, they are the third best team in the in the American League East right now. You know, there's some people are saying they're the best team in the East. I'm not buying that. They got to show me that. They're they're better than the Yankees. The Yankees have tied it them in the standings. They're better with the Yankees. They're not as good as the Rays, and they're clearly not as good as the Red Sox right now. Now that can mm-hmm. change with that Red Sox series. You talked about Robbie Ray though. I'm going to throw this out there. Robbie Ray signed a one-year contract for eight million. People are already talking about wanting to re-sign him. We can deal with that later. Mark, where, where where would they be? Where would they be without Robbie Ray? Can you not even imagine third, that? Not in third place, not in four and a half games out of uh, the second wild card. But yeah. the, where where would they be? Hey, look, that's a with the way the bullpen's been most of the time, all the losses that the bullpen's had, and you add a Robbie Ray with the way Ryu's been in his last however many starts he's not been Ryu-esque. Yeah, if you don't have Robbie Ray, it, well, just think about if they didn't have Robbie Ray yesterday. If Stephen Matz pitched and not Robbie Ray, you know they lose that. They're they're they got swept by the Rays going in. They basically limping into the All Star game, and now they're coming out of the All Star game. You know, nine games back, fourth place. It wouldn't be good. Carlos Pena is MLB Network analyst. He joins us on Baseball Central. Carlos, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you for taking time out during the uh, during the break. Yeah, yeah. I understand you're in the DR right now. <laughs> I, I am. I am. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, Jeff and, uh, and Kev. Uh, it's really a pleasure, always. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about, so I'll get to it right away. I want to talk to you about the home run derby. I know you took part in the, in, in the one in Milwaukee. But um, <clears throat> just l- as we look back in the first half here, you know, we're – I mean, I, I, I think everybody in baseball knows what the Jays are about, to be honest, right now. And they, they know that the, bull, the bullpen has been a weakness, especially against the AL East. They're in third place, tied with the Yankees. Uh, what do the Jays have to do to go on a run here in the second half? You know, they got to keep executing offensively. I think uh, uh, they are a force to be reckoned with. I mean, uh, uh, you can just look at the numbers, you know, what uh, Vlad uh, Jr. has been able to do, Seaman and and uh, Oscar Hernandez. I mean, the, the, the offense is right there. Uh, but the bullpen has to get tied up. You know, you cannot, uh, you know, give up leads the way that, that it has been happening, especially in the American League East, which is a, such a highly competitive division. So... In short, what needs to happen? They need to get hot. They need to get hot and start firing in all cylinders. You know, not just one leg uh, working and then the other one falls apart. Every single aspect of the game has to be on cue because it's going to be a, a very steep climb. If you look at it, you know, you now there's a chance uh, in the wild card, only maybe five games back on the wild card, but to win that division. You know, the odds say, even though I'll, I'm never ventured to say that in, the word impossible in baseball, but it's going to be tough for them to win that division. But yet the wild card is still a possibility because they have to start firing in, in all aspects of the game. Car- Carlos, you were one of the guys when you were with Tampa that would move around in the order, and we 
talk about George Springer. You, you just mentioned that, you know, some guys have to get hot and stay hot and carry teams. Well, George Springer's the one guy in the 20 games that he's played this season. He's hitting a little under 200. He's hitting cleanup here. We all know he's a leadoff hitter. From a guy like you that's moved around in the batting order, you think just him moving from cleanup to the leadoff spot could spark him and make him the George that everybody wants to see? Yeah, 100%. And I, and I, uh, I've been kind of surprised that that move has not been made uh, uh, sooner because that is a spot for him, which he has a lot of success from. And it would just uh, be familiar. And, and if anything, a spark. I think when you hit lead off, I mean, it's happened to me before where uh, Joe Madden used to move me to lead off almost to shake me up, if anything, and just get me out of my comfort zone. It just so happens that this is the comfort zone for. Uh, Springer. So that would be a no-brainer uh, for me to move him. I mean, what do we got to lose? If anything, spark um, spark him up a little bit and hopefully he can get it going because we know this is not him. Uh, we know he's a highly productive hitter and he's just been feeling out of sorts uh, because of the injury and hasn't even hit his stride. So move him up to lead up 100%. I expect that to happen first day back uh, from the all-star break. Now, Carlos, uh, Jeff Passens just tweeted out that Shohei Otani is going to start the game for the AL and he's going to bat leadoff as a designated hitter, and that's going to be less than 24 hours after competing in the home run derby. Uh, look, I mean, I, I, we had a little bit of fun talking to some folks about this, but, you know, one of the reasons Vladdy Guerrero Jr. said he didn't want to take part in the home run derby is he just wanted to go and enjoy the day and he wanted to, you know, he, he wanted to enjoy the home run derby, wanted to enjoy the whole experience. And also, as he said, frankly, just, you know, grab, grab some rest where he can. Are, are you concerned that they're, they're putting a lot in Shohei Otani's plate? Like if he, you know, first of all, we talk about the altitude and yeah, it's going to make the ball travel far in Denver, but it also plays tricks on your body. And if he has a long night in the home run derby, um, you know, and, and then he has to go into the all-star game, are you worried that there's too much being put in this guy? Oh, absolutely. I've been worried about too much being placed uh, on him from the beginning of the season, him hitting and pitching. But then I'm like, you know what? We have to let this ride. This is what he was born to do. This is what he's wanted to do. This is like a historic type of event. So some things kind of transcend rationale, right? Um, but this, you know, all of a sudden, when you see so much putting in in a matter of a couple of days, that is insane. You know, looking at the home run derby, let's just talk about a home run derby for a second. I mean, remember that we're going to be in high altitude. For, so so you're, you're going to be challenged. Um, your cardiovascular shape is going to be challenged immediately. So, uh, and, and what kind of shape are you in? Um, I remember playing first base uh, when we went over there to uh, Colorado. And as soon as he came off the field, after three outs, I would have to go and grab an oxygen tank. As a matter of fact, there was an oxygen tank waiting for us after we made the third out of every single inning for all of us. So imagine now going into a home run derby that you are trying, that you're trying to get as many swings as possible um, in a matter of minutes. Uh, in order to maximize and give yourself a chance at winning, you're going to be absolutely gassed. As a matter of fact, there's nothing I could say to uh, to make you understand what it would be like to take swing after swing after swing after swing. Oh, wait a second. It's in high altitude as well. That's going to be rough on your body. And that sometimes takes a long time to wear off. Now, would I put anything past Shohei Otani? I mean, what he's been able to show us has been amazing. But all 
reason tells me that this is simply too much. Mm. Could he transcend this and shut us all up? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I expect him to do so because of the way things have gone this season. But I wouldn't have done it. I would have tried to protect him uh, um, you know, more. This is kind of slightly reckless, if you ask me. Um, I, this, this is definitely worrisome. If I'm trying to protect Shoho Otani, I wouldn't have him do so many things in a matter of 24 hours. I mean, come on. I mean, my first thought was, though, he, he's going to be managed by Kevin Cash, so it's entirely possible <laughs> Kevin yanks him after the first battery sees. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that's entirely possible and brings in brings in somebody else to finish out the, the first inning. This will be, with Kevin Cash managing, this will be the longest all-star game in baseball history. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Go ahead, Carlos. Yeah, I, I, I think... Look, I mean, for... Go, Go ahead, ahead, Carlos. Go well, ahead. For show, guys, this is amazing. This, 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 you know, for show, to watch Shohei Otani go ahead and, and do what he's been doing, trust me, this is an amazing watch. This is so exciting. What he's been doing is absolutely historic. Guys, he's challenging the home run, AL home run record set by Roger Maris, all right, of 61 home runs, and he is on pace to do, it, to do that. If he continues to pace, he's going to break the AL home run record. Um, and now there's a lot of baseball to be played. And that goes along with a you know, mid-threes, uh, ERA as well as the pitcher. This is ridiculous what he's doing. And if you add, let's say he goes out and wins the home run derby, this is, this is unbelievable. This is the, the hottest ticket that, that, that we have. You know, and here we have Lyle Jr. having an unbelievable season. We can talk about Tatis Jr. being the, uh, another one of the faces of the game. But could, could anyone compete with what Shohei Otani doing? It's ridiculous. Okay, Carlos, going into this thing, you think offensively, lower half, mechanical, these hitters going to have to make a few adjustments, doing it at altitude, doing it timed, all the things that you said that went into just, you know, body-wise getting yourself through one of these things. Who mechanically in the home run derby do you think can make some enough adjustments to get barreled to baseball a bunch of times to hit a home run and win this thing? You know, um, and speaking about mechanics, this is very important because remember, if you have a lot of movement, a lot of movement in your swing or in your load, then that would uh, you would have to recruit more uh, uh, muscle fibers to swing. And if you have to do it quickly in a matter of a few minutes, then think about it. It just gets more and more and more exhausting. So this is a matter of how can you hold up through the entire home run derby and stay with some sort of gas and gasoline to be able to continue, right? I would say Shoei has a pretty good chance because of how much leverage he has. He does not uh, employ a leg kick. As a matter of fact, he kind of just lifts his heel to hit. So if he gets in a room where he just kind of touches the ball, brings it back, touches the ball, brings it back, because all he has to do is touch it with that type of leverage and the ball will carry, especially in Colorado, do not focus so much on how far you hit it. That would be taking – that takes care of itself. So I would say Shoei Tani has – uh, the better chance. The only thing I would say is this. Shohei Otani doesn't play in Colorado. So that's going to be a factor when Trevor Story understands, you know, how difficult it is to play in Colorado, and he's probably more uh, prepared for that type of altitude. So that remains to be seen. Would we see an Otani that be out of gas after the first round? Possibly. So that's my only concern. But mechanically, he's my pick uh, uh, to win. Uh, before we let you run, Carlos, as we do look around the uh, look around Major League Baseball, um, who, who in your mind right now is the best? I mean, I, I think we could. It, it sure feels like Houston's the best team 
in the American League. But who who, who are the two best teams you see in baseball right now overall? Well, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Houston has been, you know, impressive. And you can look at the how complete they are. Um, but why don't we talk about the bigger surprises? And this is the reason why I talk about the bigger mm-hmm. surprises of this year, meaning the Red Sox and the Giants. Usually, and I believe this in sports, I understand it's a long season and, and um, you know, you will be exposed. Weaknesses will be exposed. But we played half a year already. And to see the Red Sox and the Giants doing what they've been doing, you have to see, you have to say they are the real deal. Now, why do I mention the surprise element? It's because when a team rides that, there's that extra X, you know, that, that, that X factor that you could really ride all the way to the end to a championship. It happens all the time in sports. It's that uh, least likely story, let's say, that everyone just jumps on that and, and gets motivated and jumps in the momentum. I mean, I, I experienced it when I was with the Rays, and it almost seems like it's an unstoppable locomotive when you get it going. I think the Red Sox got that going after the year that they had, you know, last season. And the Giants as well, no one expected them to be in this position. You know, remember that at the beginning of the year, and I have to be honest, because right now it doesn't look so good. I had picked the the Blue Jays to win the American League East. And, and, uh, you know, look where they are right now because baseball is so unpredictable. But I thought that they had all the, the, the weapons necessary to do so. Uh, now we're looking at the Giants and Red Sox at, at the top. Um, but I still believe that the, um, you know, my favorite team in the National League would be the San Diego Padres. I thought that in the American League it would be uh, the White Sox. Um, you know, I'm off. I'm off right now. So um, I think we must take the opportunity to talk about those two teams that are very dangerous precisely because no one expected them to be what they are today. Watch out for the San Francisco Giants going all the way and the Red Sox as well. Yeah, the Giants, uh, I think people keep waiting for the Giants to fade, and it, it doesn't look like it happens. It looks like they might have, might have one more run in them after all. Carlos, thank you for doing this, man. Stay safe. Thanks, Carlos. Guys, always a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. It's Carlos Pena of the MLB Network. It's, just fun. it's funny he mentioned uh, leverage with Otani. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he can take those big daddy hacks that he takes every single time that he swings and he goes up to the plate. How many times he can take that and then the 45-second the, the break, you know, the timeout that he gets, when would he use that? Does he need to use that? And, oh, by the way, I think people forget, he's going up against Juan Soto in the first round. Juan Soto's nothing to sneeze at. So if he gets hot and can, can go to, to left center, Otani's going to have his work cut out. But it is the, the cutting down on the big daddy hack and seeing how many times mechanically he can just be short and quick and not think about how far you're hitting it. By the way, um, Kudos to Kevin Cash, all kidding aside, who has convinced Major League Baseball to tweak the substitution rules. So basically, Kevin, Otani is going to be considered as two players. So he is eligible to remain in the game as a hitter after he leaves as a pitcher. Nice. So there you go. Just to, leave, just, it to, leave it to the Rays to, to make everything better in Major League Baseball. <laughs> and you thought Buck Showalter was the only one to, right. who, who'd, who'd get baseball the, to change rules. Kevin the Cash, Rays. I told you, I told you guys, the Rays had COVID-19 figured out. Like, they did. Nine months ago. They Kevin, just Ke- did. Kevin Cash is out there walking on water, isn't he? He absolutely <laughs> is. All right, we'll take awesome. a break and come back. 595-90 is the text line. This, 
This is. I'm sorry. I just uh, <laughs> Kevin Cash managing an All Star game is going to yeah. be fun. It, yeah. it is going to be. It's going to be long, but it's going to be fun. We're going to see some stuff we ain't ever seen in an All Star game. I guarantee it. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All-Star game, Vladdy Jr. is going to bat second behind Shohei Otane. Marcus Semyon will bat sixth. Teoscar Hernandez will bat eighth. Maybe Marcus Semyon should get used to batting sixth. (laughs) (laughs) The Blue Jays are at the All-Star break. 590-590 is the text line. I want to thank Carlos Pena for joining us. A reminder that tonight's home run derby can be seen on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 1, and heard on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And uh, the contestants, in case you need a refresher, Shohei Otani, Joey Gallo, Matt Olson, Sal Perez, Pete Alonzo, Trey Mancini, Trevor Story, Juan Soto. Bark, as much as it's all going to be about Shohei Otani, and as mm-hmm. much as you know, my heart would love to see Trey Mancini win it, Pete Alonzo's the defending champ. He is not playing in the game. He's got <laughs> no reason to do anything other than go out there and just rip. I, I think he's going to defend this successfully. Yeah, that's your pick? That's who you're going with? I'm going with Alonzo. I, I hate going with the defending champ, but I just think this is one of those. You know who I'd love to see win it? Trey Mancini. Uh, yeah. Oh, I want him to win it so bad, but he's got no chance. He, no. He's he's not getting out of his ra- round. Olsen will beat him in his round. Yeah. yeah. Look, it, it, for me, it's either going to be uh, Trevor Story or, or Joey Gallo. It's one of those two. I used to, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm left-handed. I'm a big swinging lefty at heart. I can just remember Jeff Brookins, the area scout that, that drafted me when I, when I was drafted by the Brewers, came in. And the very last thing he said to me is, I can't wait to come to the All-Star game and watch you win the home run derby. Never happened. But, you know, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm going to pick Joey Gallo. I think I just think that big swing, he can miss hit balls. He's not going to have to change anything mechanically. Yeah, he'll make the baseball look like a golf ball. For me, it's Joey Gallo. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's, hard not, it's hard to overlook Otani. It, it, it really is, based on everything he's done. Big Daddy Hacks. But, How's he going to do that? That's the thing. He is a big human, too. He's a big, strong guy. Just how, what will altitude do to a big, strong guy? Will he be able to just be short and quick, maybe eliminate a little bit of his lower half? I know he has the little knee turn thing that he does already, but he does swing awfully hard. Can he, can he shorten it down? And remember, I, I wonder how many times Otani has taken batting practice without a batting cage because that's a big deal. If you've, ever, if you've never done that before, it is a very hard thing to get used to when you're trying to, to hit a, a batting practice pitcher with no batting cage around you. It's different. It's just a different feel. wonder if he's ever done that before. How big of an adjustment would that be? I'm sure he's practiced a little bit when he was in Anaheim. I'm sure that's what they were doing. At the, you know, Flatty was practicing last year hmm. on how to hit homers. So I'm sure he's been practicing a little bit, but that'll be a little bit of an element, too, that he has to get by. And all eyes are on him. I would think going into this thing, he's expected to win it. Expectations are high. Jeff and Aurora is convinced that Kevin Cash convinced Tampa Bay to take on the Raptors during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Uh, It is Baseball Central. Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker, 590-590 is the text line. All right, as I said, we've got a lot ahead this week. We will break down the home run derby for you tomorrow, and you've You'll have Mr. Barker here, a left-hand hitting home run hitter do it, which is spectacular. 
And uh, we'll take a look at the Jays' first half. We'll take your calls as we always do on Wednesday and walk off Wednesday and look ahead to the second look ahead to the second half. But Bark, I want to wrap up this series against Tampa because we did say that we thought for the Blue Jays it was the biggest series of the year. Uh, as I said, they they took one of three games. We've already talked about George Springer. We've already talked about Marcus Semyon. We've already talked about Robbie Ray. What have you seen in the last week that, other than that, that gives you concern? Because I know, you know, you've, uh, you look at Teoscar Hernandez lately, you know, and and the numbers, by the way, and well, I'll ask you about Teoscar Hernandez because I know you have some thoughts on that. Has he been hurt by moving out of that, that spot? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mentally, you heard Carlos say that it is a big deal for certain guys routine-wise. They've, they've got in their mind that this is the only place they can be good at. Teoscar, you know, sometimes numbers doesn't lie. Eight games hitting in the fifth spot. He's hitting two fifty eight with no homers. He's hit three home runs his last 33 games. That's 144 plate appearances. Uh, hitting cleanup this year, he's hitting three oh two with 11 homers. That, again, it's it's just one of those things where you got one guy in George Springer who's you know, knows that the reason why they put him in the cleanup spot is to protect Vladdy. Get Vladdy better pitches to hit. Well, mindset-wise, you know, you're not used to doing that. You'll suffer. His his numbers are suffering. For whatever reason, that could have added to it. Teoscar moving back a spot doesn't sound like a lot, but when a guy's used to doing that routine-wise, all the things that goes into that, and he's bought into – you know, I, I want to be the cleanup hitter. I want to be the guy that gets Vladdy better pitches to hit. I want to be the guy that comes up when they walk him with two outs late in the game. I want to be that guy. Now you're not the guy. Maybe a little that is. And Teoscar, for me, is going to have to step up, right? The, the, the three homers in 33 games. Now, two of those homers came in one game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the driving the baseball, where they're throwing him now, mechanically with his lower half, can he create a little bit more loft instead of the line drive to right field? I, I'm okay with him going one for four with a two-run homer. I'm okay with that. I don't have to have him going two for four or three for four or two for three. I, I'm okay with the one for four because I want him driving in runs. I want him backspinning baseballs. I want him thinking big part of the field. I want him to take occasionally a big daddy hack with, with great balance. I don't want him taking the, the little short stroke falling off across the plate with his backside. I don't want that a lot. I want the, the better swings and, and, you know, be a little bit of an aircraft carrier. So, you know, he is one of the guys. Second half, you know, you could name ultimate guys. Mm. But it, you can't go wrong with Ryu has to be tremendous. George Springer has to be the $150 million man. Vladdy has to continue being Vladdy. And Teoscar needs to hit some more home runs. They, they want to go to the playoffs? This is maybe unfair to say, but they have to, it has to be, be done for me. Explain to me these numbers. Bo Bichette at Tropicana Field. 15 for 72. Four doubles, three homers, 217. And I got to pull up Vladdy now after saying that. Vladdy's numbers aren't much better at at uh, Tropicana Field. The, the the Rays, Mark, the Rays seem to know how to pitch these guys. What do you see as I pull up Vladdy's numbers? What would explain that? Be- well, you know, they're, they're young. 
the Rays have really good pitching. They have a lot of different arm angles. They pitch the, those two guys a lot backwards. It's spinning it first. It's elevating it. It's throw you in for show to stand you up so they can get you out of way. Again, it's the, that's the race way is they know who they have to beat. They have to get out, and it starts with Bo and Vladdy for me. And until you get those two guys out, then you can worry about everybody else. They're young. They're still trying to figure out how to take what the pitcher gives them. Uh, you know, Vladdy was not so good in the last couple of days. That that's that's one of the things that that he has to get a little bit better at. But again, you know, he's hitting three forty. I know, but I, let me just jump in. These are career numbers. These are career mm-hmm. numbers for Vladdy. He is at the top, 16 for 83, 193, two homers, four ribbies, three doubles. Yeah, you could say you could say a lot of that might be the ballpark they play in. It's not a ton of fans. It may be hard to see there. Uh, there has been – I have talked to people that go in to hit there. It says it is very, very hard to see the baseball. Day games, because the sun goes through the roof, that's white. It's glary. It's very hard to see. That may be an excuse. Me, personally, I just think the pitching is really good. They, they throw a lot of different arm angles. Mm-hmm. They spin it. They throw hard. They can attack your weakness, which a lot of teams can't do. When you do that and you're a young guy, you tend to not get a ton of hits. And that's what's happening with Blatty. But, again, this is – you know, they don't play him a ton more. What do they got? Six more games against the yeah. Rays this year. You know, you, you, you fight to be 500 against that team, and you, you win a bunch of games against everybody else. And for me, again, I know you roll your eyes at me with the George Springer thing and the 20 games. Go back to George Springer. But in the, he Jesus. needs to be really good. Hopefully with Carlos and you and me all raising their hand and going, hopefully he's leading off when the next when the break's over. Maybe that'll help and get him going. The Blue Jays need him. You can't argue that, no. They need him to be yeah, great. No, I, I, I'm not. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm also. I also know guys don't always come back and 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 hit the ground running when they come back from injuries. You know, especially, especially at this point of the year. You know, I, I, I've had, I've had guys tell me, and I'm not making excuses for George Springer, but I've had guys tell me, you know, what's hard is when you get hurt late in spring training or early in the year, and you come back, and guys are, guys are now good to go. Everybody's, it's the all-star break. Pitchers mm. are, you're, you're locked probably. Locked in with location. Pitchers are locked what they in with throw. location. Yeah, yeah. I got you. You know, and I, it, yeah, it may be an excuse. I, I don't know. It I've is. Never, I've never, it is a little. Okay. Well, I was well, going to say, I, I've never played in the majors, but to me, it makes sense. You know, you, you bring a dude back, and, and yes, he's, he is facing the, you know, he's facing the Baltimore Orioles, but, I mean, Jesus, Vladdy and Bo have been playing all year, and Tampa Bay carved them up. Like, I get it. I, I understand what you're, exactly what you're saying. I, I'm not saying this is fair. I'm just saying he has to be better. If they want to go where they want to go, which is the playoffs, George Springer can't be hitting 194. Like, mm-hmm. And he's not going to hit that the rest of the season. He'll be better. But I'm my better is two for three a lot of the times with a homer and driving in a bunch of runs and being George Springer. That that would help a ton, and it will take pressure off of Bo. It will take pressure off of Vladdy. It will even take pressure off of Teoscar if he's hitting cleanup because now they know that George has got their back. George can come up when it matters. George can get the guy that's throwing 100 in the eighth inning instead of maybe Marcus Simeon or maybe Bo. You know, it's – this is why you brought him here. You brought him here to be the guy down the stretch. And for me, he's the one guy that needs to be the guy down the stretch. Mm. Uh, Major League Baseball has or is currently holding its draft. The first round went last night. 
the uh, Toronto Blue Jays took a pitcher from Ole Miss, uh, Gunnar Hogland, who or Hoagland, pardon me, who uh, is rehabbing from Tommy John surgery, and uh, you know he he's like he had the surgery in May, so I mean we're not looking at him anytime soon. Although you know Barker's, we talked about it. I mean, the, what it's July minor league seasons over in about six weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So it's not like he would be doing a lot of pitching anyhow. Uh, he's a not guy. Not surprising. You, they took a guy in the first round that's coming off Tommy John. No, because part of the deal with them too is they don't have a, they don't have as much money to sign players with this year because the 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 signing pool is smaller than it's been in the past for them. They don't have, and and I think this was probably a little bit of a value pick as well. He's a college guy. He's not a high school guy. He's got no leverage uh, in terms of, in terms of what he wants to do. So, you know, if I, I mean if I'm if I'm him. I got an organization now that's willing to pay for my rehab. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. the question, and I think you said it best when we talked about this one time, what is a guy, when a guy's being drafted, what, what you want is to be picked by a team that's going to give you a chance to get to the majors as soon as possible. Yep. And one thing about this organization is I think if this guy's healthy, you know, they'll build him up. But I don't. I don't think as a college pitcher, I don't think they'll delay getting him up here. So I'm okay with the pick. I can't. It always amazes me when people weigh in on baseball picks. Half of them haven't seen the dude. You know, half yeah. of them the only thing they know about are what they read in Baseball America or am I uh, online? And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, you know, like uh, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, people. I, yeah. I, people. Ask me about guys that Jay's pick. I get back to me in three years. Yeah, well, with yeah. what it sounds, with what the only it sounds guy, like, I'm going to say the only guy I was all in. I'm going to say this. I, I was all in on Bo Bichette because a lot of the a lot of the reading I did on him, I there were a lot of people that were saying that he was going to be he was going to be what he's going to be. It was just he was going to have to join an organization that would just let him do what he wanted to do with the yeah. Swing. The Bo, well, the Bo Bichette thing. You, you mentioned the swing with the big giant leg kick. Most organizations would see that leg kick and be like, "There's no chance you put wood in his hand mm-hmm. that he can use that leg kick and get barrel to baseball." But Bo has exceptional bat speed and, and all those kind of things. With Gunner, it'll be interesting to see when he comes off of his rehab. Is he throwing a tick harder, and will? The, the strikeouts translate to the minor leagues if he if he goes to the minor leagues a little bit, which I'm sure he will. He'll probably start in double-A, go to triple-A, and then be in the big leagues sooner than later. But will that translate mm. to the fastball, the slider, the changeup that he has? It sounds like he's the command guy. He can go in and out. He can pitch backwards with the changeup. That sounds like he's a very smart kid. Be interesting just to see what velocity will do. Will that translate? Will that get better? And if it does... This is a really good start, and he seems like a middle-of-the-road guy. Is he a one or two guy? Probably not, but he might be that true number three that will take the ball and give you 25-plus starts every year. Huge congrats, by the way, to Tyler Black. He was the first Canadian chosen in the 2021 draft. He's from Stovall. He was selected 33rd overall by the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Who, you see his swing? Holy yeah, moly. Was, I know, yeah. He's a uh, second baseman out of Wright State University, and uh, I'm going to send out a big shout-out to – Papa Rod Black as well. I know he works for the. I know he works for the other team, up in uh, up in Agent Court or wherever the hell it is, or McCowan <laughs> Road or whatever it is. But shout out to Rod Black, who I Tremendous. remember as being a roller rink disc jockey back in the day in Winnipeg. So uh, big shout out to Rod Black. I know he's, he's extremely proud and should be proud of Tyler. Should be. It's a great Very day cool. for them, and uh, we're really happy. 
for the whole family. We'll take a break and come back. Let's talk about the Jays' catching situation, shall we? We haven't talked about that since, what, Friday? Yes, sir. Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. It's basically they got fun because I recognize all these writers walking around in the background. They're already, mm. some of them already look a little worse for wear. <laughs> they got little like uh, tents set up outside the ballpark and uh, it, each player is at each tent and you go up and you can interview as many players. I can see John Shea, John Shea, the San Francisco. Did you just wave at him? I just waved at him. I didn't wave at him. <laughs> I, did, I just pointed him out. I could. Well, you just waved at. Well, him. no, it's the first time I see. It's the first time I've seen a lot of these folks because of the damn pandemic, right? So I'm looking at this. I'm going, Jesus, John, what happened to white uh, hair, man? Well, at least he's got hair. Uh, Anyhow, uh, I don't really want to talk about catching because we kind of, uh, we, no. we kind of, we kind of, we kind of hammered that sucker to death on Friday. <laughs> Throw three names to that. Pick the one that's the hottest. There you go. Uh, but I do want to talk about. Santiago Espinal. Now, I'm not going to say that a guy is something that he isn't. But, Mm -hmm. Bark, from what I saw this weekend, this guy, first of all, he's the best defensive third baseman they have. Not even close. Secondly, at the plate, he seems to give me a better chance right now than Calvin Biggio. Does this guy... Understanding we may see it, there, there could be a trade at some point that has an impact on this yada yada. And who knows? Maybe Santiago Espinal is a guy that... Oh, don't say it. Oh, I'm just saying. Maybe some don't team... Don't say it. Well, I'm just saying. If, if you're an acquiring team right now, and I said you got choice between Biggio and Santiago Espinal. Well, I wouldn't, if I were the Jays, I wouldn't trade Espinal. I, I, I like him. I like what he brings defensively. He can play you've second. He can in play on, short. He can play third. I want to tell people, by the way, you've been in on Espinal for about 18 months. Like I going have back to last spring training because because of who he hung out with in the off season. You know those bichettes. They they, they, know they, a they, bit about hitting, they yeah. figured some things out offensively. You know with the leg kick, he's a he's a shorter hitter, a little easier to level out his swing. He's got a two strike approach. He can hit all quarters of the strike zone. He can hit velocity. He can go the other way. Uh, you know now if you expose him a little bit too much. Does he like breaking ball? Ah, I don't know. We haven't seen enough at bats to know that, you know, can he lay off a strike to ball that's a really good breaking ball late in the game consistently? Yeah, I don't know, and I don't really care. I just know what I've seen so far. He would tell you that he has a little bit better chance right now than Kevin does of hitting more quadrants of the strike zone because you got to be able to hit velocity. When you don't play every day, you got to be able to hit velocity. You got to be able to, you know, maybe foul off a ball that's elevated with two strikes at the borderline strike. What would tell you with Kevin's swing that he can do that consistently? Mm. Not a ton until he figures out the, how to not bend at the upper half, you know, get the barrel in the hitting zone a little bit better, a little bit flatter. Maybe it gives him a chance to do that a little bit more. I'm just a huge fan of San Diego Espo. I know this. When the ball's hit to him at third base, I like it. It's better being hit to him than i got to be honest with you. I'd rather the ball hit be hit to him five times than I would be hit, hit, hit to Bo Bichette five times. That's just me. I think he has better footwork. I think he has a stronger arm. I think it's accurate. You know, now, he's going to make an error occasionally because he's human. 
But will he help his team with all the lefties that they have on their team when it comes to the pitching? Of course, and I'm a big fan. I'm even a big fan enough that he could hit seventh for me. He yep. doesn't even have to hit eighth or ninth. He could hit seventh me for me just with all the things that I just mentioned. And, you know, I, he's just a nice little player that you root for. Uh the Home Run Derby will be tonight at 8 o'clock on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. We've got a, a listener, a texter, Mark, with, a I think, kind of a neat text question in light of the Home Run Derby. Brandon in Cambridge wants to know, why is it harder to take BP without a cage around you? Batting practice during a game, generally there's a, a, a cage surrounding, you know, you've all seen it, there's a cage surrounding the hitter yeah. uh, when he takes batting practice. Isn't it the home run derby? So why is it harder to hit to to take BP without a cage around you? It's kind of, it's kind of like your security blanket. It's something that you never do. You, as a hitter, batting practice, as many times you take batting practice in a year, it's never without the cage around you. It's always with the cage. There's no catcher behind you. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, for me, I know, now it's, it'll be different for every kind of hitter, but it was for me, you know, that cage would tell me a ton. You know, when they when they pull the cage up and it's, it's on each foul line and that top of that cage is, if my swing wasn't right and I was right. fouling balls off the top of the cage, if I was out and around, I would hit a ball off the side of the cage to the pool side. If I was a little late, it would be the other way. It would keep me directional. It would keep my lower half a little bit better. And for the most part, it's just something that you don't do a lot of. And when it's outside the box and it's outside your routine, it's just different. Now, there's a reason why Vladdy, you saw him, remember last year yep. when him and John Snyder were doing it, there was no cage around. You have to get used to doing it. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's a totally different feeling when, you know, you can't hide yourself. Now the spotlight's on you, and that's it just makes it a little bit tougher. I, I also all. remember Alex Rios when he took part in the home run derby at, I think it was called Pac Bell then, making the point that it's also strange to have a big crowd in attendance when you're taking BP, to have noise like there's, you know, BP, it, BP is basically there's music on. There may be, I don't know, a couple of hundred people in the stands if you're the, if you're the visiting team. Maybe a couple of thousand if you're the yeah. home team. There's guys walking around. You know, your teammates are walking around a second base. There's screens there and everything like that. It's just a it, it's a different looking and different feeling environment to not have that cage there. It is. And, and two, when you go in batting practice, it is a very workman attitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that catcher, when he's behind you, there's some time talk. And, you know, he gets you outside where, you know, you're not concentrating on what you want to do. There's purpose why you have batting practice. Perfect practice makes perfect yep. game times. Is that what you're trying to do in batting practice? And, and a lot of those people don't want anything going on around them. And it's just, it's a very odd thing. It's something that they're going to have to get used to. And again, they practice these things. You know, I did it in Japan when I went over to a couple of times and, and tried out. And they would pull the batting cage away. And it was just me, uh, an L-screen guy throwing batting practice to me it was, it was one of the toughest things I, I could do i was out and around i was over swinging i was trying too hard just because i i felt out of place right just because you don't do it all the time no that that's that's the biggest thing it's 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 like anything else baseball's a day-to-day sport and when you're used to doing something one way day-to-day and all of a sudden here comes here it comes and it and it's done different it, it does take you a while creatures of get... habit we are for yeah, sure for sure it uh yeah. it really does so there you go uh, the home run derby tonight at 8 o'clock on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. Of course, the all-star game is on tomorrow. We will break down the derby tomorrow on Baseball Central. We will take a look back 
at the first half, the Blue Jays' first half. We'll, we'll solicit your texts on that. And then Wednesday, it'll be walk-off Wednesday, and we'll take a look ahead to the second half. Otani, Soto, Perez, Alonzo. Gallo, Story, Olsen, Mancini. Those are the matchups. I hope I'm wrong. Come on, Trey Mancini. You can do it. Pete Alonzo, baby. Pete Alonzo, baby.